What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the 1025 Podcast. This is episode 12. I'm joined along with Kristen and Ayana. And in this episode, we got Kristen being our moderator. Kristen, take it away. All right. So today I actually wanted to talk about the Uyghur Muslims and the genocide that's going on in China right now. It's going on in Xinjiang, China. And it's been happening since early 2016. And it was just now announced like a week ago by Biden that it was a genocide. It took them at least two years, I believe, to even recognize it as a genocide, despite over a million Muslims being placed in internment camps in China. Yeah. Yeah. I recently heard about like you know this event and then i did a little bit of research you know before this episode and i did find out that they were being put in internment camps very similar to like how i mentioned in the first episode uh when the japanese were put in internment camps after you know pearl harbor and it was weird because these people were literally being detained because of their ethnic like identity you know and it's it's really sad when you think about even in other countries, not even, you know, America, there are still people out there who are impoverished and they have to go go through really bad stuff and suffer as well, you know, and they're systematically, they're oppressed by their own government who don't even want to help them, you know, very similar to how America is to minorities. And I did a bit of research um, about this topic a few times. Every once in a while, it'll pop up on my feed, whether it be on TikTok or on Instagram, and I'll try to donate as much as possible each time. But it's, I think it's, I think it's crazy how China tried to make it seem like they were just re-education camps instead of basically concentration camps. It's a complete copy of what's happening what had happened during the holocaust and it's it's sad to know that such a government is capable of this and not that many people are even speaking about it mm. i don't hear about it as often as i definitely should yeah and i remember when i was back in um uh, like high school they showed like little commercials about like internment camps, you know, when the Japanese were being put in there and they marketed very similar to like a average, you know, like a hotel basically like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you have all these amenities and you have all these nice things. But like I said, it's pretty much is a concentration camp. And what's scary actually is that a lot of places don't want to recognize it as a genocide just because their relationship with China. Yeah, because China, when, I'll let I, you go. You can go. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say this real quick. Like China, I think makes up a huge part of, I believe the world's economy or something like that. I know it makes mm-hmm. up a huge part of like the foreign box office when it comes to movies and stuff, but I'm not really sure about like economy and all that type of stuff. You can go. Because I know when Biden and when Trump both spoke out about it, they were getting a lot of hate for it because like there is already a lot of xenophobia towards China anyways, but they were trying to bring to light the genocide that's happening over there. Yeah. And recently, a few hours ago, I was watching this video about these you know Muslims and the communities that they lived in. 
and it basically they pretty much live in a police state where they're being monitored a lot by you know advanced surveillance like technology and stuff like that it somewhat reminded me of the book 1984 by george orwell Mm -hmm. where like everybody's being monitored everyone is like surveillance because i think i like i know in atlanta it's like the most surveillance uh city in the world i think that canada country you know for canada all that and and it's just weird that as far as privacy is concerned these people don't really have any you know yeah and i was in my research i was a little more focused on um personal testimonies from people who had come from these camps and this one guy i cannot pronounce his name so i really don't want to butcher it but um he he was a model before he was um, shipped back to Xinjiang to answer some questions is what the government said, but it was really to lock him up in the camp because he was an, um, he was a Uyghur Muslim. And he had somehow been able to get access to his phone while he was there and he took pictures of his dirty clothes and the shackles and the handcuffs that he was in, his dirty room. And he was telling the person that he was talking to all of these things that they were doing. And I, I seriously cannot imagine how dangerous that must have been for him to even attempt to do something like that. Mm. And I, I can only imagine what the, what the Chinese government might have done to him after the fact. But I think it was such an important thing for him to get out people to understand is happening that he had to do what he had to do regardless of the consequences that he may have had to face and it's it's so it's so heartbreaking to know that people who are just trying to live by their culture and you know believe in whatever it is they believe you know practice all of their things and they get demonized for it they get dehumanized for it every single day you can't go anywhere in China now and publicly say that you're an Uyghur Muslim. That's really, really dangerous. And it's so yeah. it's so sad that the country with, I think the highest population is treating so many people so awfully. There are about 12 million Uyghur Muslims and about 2 million of them have gone missing. They might be presumed dead, their families don't know where they are. And it's it's really tragic. It's just crazy. It's crazy to think that you can be like, you know, demonized and prosecuted just for the certain beliefs that you have. You know, I mean, I've heard of stories many times, like in Muslim countries where, you know, somebody says that there's something else instead of the thing that was engraved into them and they were beheaded they were hung you know i I remember you know a long time ago when isis came around they were literally like chopping off people's heads for different beliefs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i just find that that was very unsettling when you watch it you know the stuff that they were doing and our um, actually, even in 2017, their government actually demolished some mosque and they prohibited a lot of the Muslims from wearing the headscarf and from getting long beards mm-hmm. just because of what they 
believed it symbolized. Yeah. I remember I read this one story. This is kind of unrelated to the this situation, but there is this one story where this prisoner, uh, he was like Middle Eastern or whatever. He was in America and they had to cut his beard off. They they wanted him to cut his beard off for like court or something like that. And he refused to because of his, you know, religious belief and stuff like that. Yeah. And because of the history that this planet has and what happened in Germany and to all those Jewish people at that time, it's, I find it a little hard to believe that 37, I think it was 37 countries had come to the defense of China saying that it's not genocide, that what they're doing is just re-education. They're just, you know, teaching, teaching these people about their Chinese history and making sure that they get the message, but everyone's turning a blind eye to something that's blatant. They, China even tried to cover it up. They, they always said, we don't have any camps. They're, they're not in existence. We don't know what you're talking about until those um, surveillance um, pictures came about of an overhead view of the camps in Xinjiang they had to they had to clean it up saying that oh those are just re-education camps they're not they're not concentration camps we're not doing anything bad to these people when personal testimonies from come from people coming out of them have said that whether they have just been detained or they're already in a cell or in a cell with a with a mass amount of people you can't even lay down to sleep they can hear people screaming and crying in agony from different parts of the facility how is that how is that not a concentration camp how is that how do you claim that that's not torture in any way that really doesn't make any sense to me right and even this is even like a commentary now when it comes to prisons you know i feel personally like prisons they're instead of punishment they're supposed to be for rehabilitation and it's like even in other countries because i remember like last summer i was watching this video that some guy was talking about they were talking about like guatemalan prisons you know prisons in like brazil and mexico and all of that and those conditions are even worse like people are people get killed every day i read one story where a little kid was literally playing soccer with a decapitated head and 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 like heart and stuff like that and it's stuff like that is just disturbing to me like i can't even imagine the conditions that not even the people who work there the people who didn't even do anything are falsely imprisoned for you know that the mental hell that some people live in you know, on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. But I don't even understand why they tried to push this rhetoric, like in order to get the citizens of China to kind of agree, they pushed this rhetoric that the Muslims were extremists and that they were protecting their citizens by locking them up. Mm-hmm. And like even as early as in like 2014, they prohibited a lot of their students that went to university from fasting the month of Ramadan. As if that would help everyone be safe. And that really doesn't even make sense. At all. 
it's such a tragic misconception of the Middle East and the Islam faith and how its people really conduct themselves because you see these depictions in media of like real extremists who are a part of terrorist groups and are suicide bombers and go go completely against the true practice and teachings of the Islam faith that it's all that you think about whenever it comes up. Not every single Muslim person is an extremist. Most of them, in fact, are not. They they do their prayers five times a day. They, they fast when they're supposed to. They practice a religion the way that it's supposed to be practiced. It's always the extremists that, you know, really just mess it up for the rest of us. And that can be said about any religion. You, you always hear about, you know, oh, the, the crazy Christian people who are always saying, oh, if you're this way, you're gonna go to hell. If you're that way, you're gonna go to hell. In most religions, if you know the facts and if you have read the texts and you have that relationship with whoever your God may be, you know that that's not how that's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be taught. That's not how it's supposed to be practiced. Islam is about, it's about, it's about peace. It's basically, if not the same teachings as Christianity with, with a lot of similarities in them. It's about, you know, having a good relationship with your God. It's about being peaceful, it's about loving everyone as they are. And when extremists come into the picture, it, it taints everyone's minds of how that certain group conducts themselves. And because of this, things like the Xinjiang um, camps and all of this, all like the, the war that's going on in the Middle East that isn't even a war, we just don't know how to mind our business is what comes of that. Those people should not be dehumanized and persecuted for just their way of living when they don't harm anybody, they don't do anything. If you see someone doing something out of the religion or they are an extremist, that's a completely different story. But if someone simply states that they're Muslim or they might have a hijab or they might have a, um, a long beard or they might present themselves in a certain way, don't, you know, you can't be so biased that you automatically deem them as a terrorist. That's awful. That's wrong mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it's, it's not always true. Exactly. And even, because, you know, a lot of people, they they throw around religion as like an excuse for a lot of the wrongdoings that have gone on in the world for the past few years. You know, a lot of people, you know, they they somewhat uh, even the crazy Christ, Christian people, you know, they go around being like, oh, God said, you know, you cannot be this way. And, you know, you cannot, you know, because you're going to go to hell, like I was saying, going to hell for your certain lifestyle. And me personally, I just find that rather weird and kind of stupid because you're put on this earth to live your life and it does suck that people are demonized for the way for certain choices that they do even you know now with african americans you know we are demonized for for just being negative people and we're not people don't automatically see the beauty that you know exists within us and other you know marginalized group of people you know mm -hmm. they don't see that first they see a negative image 
instead of just being a human being they see this monster yeah but also there's a rich history of the muslim faith within china too like when the mongolian empire took over parts of china a lot of people had converted to islam and i think even when that had initially started there was conflict within it because the faith you know when people challenge your faith and what you believe in, people are going to be outright just, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be some tension. But I don't believe that you could say that over one million Muslims are terrorists. Nah. Because you can't say the same about any other religion. And right. it's just simply not logical. Yeah. And another thing I feel like we have to dismantle is the idea of of xenophobia same thing with racism you know what i'm saying when even nowadays because i feel like you know the airports have a huge problem with xenophobia of course you know when 9-11 happened that amped up the united states's you know uh security and all that type of stuff but it's like every time, because even when I'm in the airport, every time I see a, a Muslim person, you know, or a Middle Eastern person, they're always escorted by like tons of security and 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 all that. Like, what if this person isn't even about that about that life? Basically, you know, may, what if this guy is just a average Joe like like us? You know what I'm saying? Why is he being pointed out compared to everybody else? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, Kristen, when you talked about like one million people, like there, there's there's not even a defining thing that makes people terrorists. Like anybody could be a terrorist. It's not your DNA at all. You know what I'm saying? Terrorists, there could be terrorists that are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all that. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a, a select group of people, you know? And even until, like, until you have... Lit, quite literally met every single Muslim person on this planet, you cannot definitively say that they're all terrorists. Right. Same with, you can't say all Black people are aggressive, all white people are racist, all Asian people are this, all, you you can never say that about any group of people because you will never in your lifetime be able to meet every single person in that specified group. It's just not it's just not possible in a lifetime. And so when when a certain group is automatically deemed a terrorist group simply because of the actions of others, it somehow just it just doesn't click in my mind because you you don't you don't know those people's lives. You don't know whether that person is this is the first time they're able to, to go home. They're taking a risk because their visa is about to be up or some, some death might have happened in the family and they just have to leave. They, you never know anybody's story. You never know what they're planning, what they're going through, what they have going on in their lives. And so to ultimately put that bias upon someone else is, it's just, it, it wouldn't make any sense in a logical sense. Yeah, it's stupid. It's, it's ignorant. Even piggybacking off of what you're saying, Ayana, I even remember when Donald Trump was running for president and he was saying all, you know, Hispanic people are race rapists and murderers. I'm just thinking to myself, you haven't met 
you don't know you probably don't even know five mexicans who have done that sort of thing these people you know you don't know if these people work hard you know they're trying to support their family like everyone else you know what i'm saying so don't don't just throw that label on people you know what i'm saying same with black people don't just throw the gang member the thug on black people because we're just trying to survive out here we're just trying to live you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, uh, the Muslims. You can't just throw terrorists. These people were born in a shattered, you know, society where their religion is the only thing that keeps them afloat, basically. You know what I'm saying? And right. even in general, religion, even when people don't have anything else, religion is the only thing that can somewhat save people's lives, basically. And the fact that some people are taking that from them it's like you basically just took away their lives, basically. Right. Yeah. Got anything to add, Kristen? Um, I do find it kind of ironic that Trump decided to call out China for a genocide despite him having a whole Muslim ban and not getting rid of that until, like, well, he didn't because Biden had to. So I do think that's probably another reason why Trump was kind of hesitant to mm-hmm. call that genocide because he already had Islamophobia kind of rooted within him. Yeah. And I think he only said something like that about China because he already had this preconceived notion that all Chinese people are bad. You know, everything that comes out of there is just awful. And he, he I think he used that as his continued rhetoric, whether he's president or not. He's always going to be on his... China hating identity. I, I really don't know what's going on with him, but it's 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 not funny in the haha sense. But it's funny how Donald Trump will call something like this a genocide, despite being indirectly, but in my opinion, inherently responsible for the over three hundred thousand people who have died in this past year due to the coronavirus. Considering he did absolutely nothing. He lied. He told people to inject themselves with bleach. He steered everyone the wrong way. And then he turns around and can identify that this is genocide, but can't come to the conclusion that everything that he's done in the past four years have been awful as well. He's he's definitely an awful person. And I think he knows that because he knows what awful looks like when he calls something like this genocide. And he basically just spit on the graves of all these, all of, you know, the ones that were lost due to the coronavirus, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You the last person that needs to be talking about a genocide. You basically led all these people. You you basically led all these people to their graves, you know? But someone definitely had to speak about it because even Muslim countries like Qatar, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia, didn't want to acknowledge what was happening in China. And I find that really scary because Saudi Arabia is one of the places where, you know, Muslims go for Hajj. Like you literally have to go to pilgrimage in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And the fact that they're not there for their people is kind of scary. It is very scary and I always hear about people saying that others should speak up for about certain 
you know, political things and ideas and stuff like that. But when it comes to a superpower like China, where they rule over their entire country, they're, they're, they have complete control over how those people live and what they do, how they consume their media. And I think it's, I think one of the main reasons why Middle Eastern countries aren't mostly able to speak about these things is because China has scared so many people into not speaking up. And it's absolutely awful because you see these, these families whose um, daughters and sons and boyfriends and husbands and brothers and sisters are going missing. They, they're home one day and then not the next. And you, you have an idea of where they've gone, but you can't say anything about it because you know that there's gonna be repercussions on your end as well as, long, as, well as theirs. And as much as I'm sure a lot of people absolutely want to speak about something like this, it's a, it's a matter of, can you? Because like Jordan had stated um, earlier, this is very similar to the Japanese internment camps during after the tragedy of Pearl Harbor and um, World War II. And I'm sure a lot of the Japanese family members who were back in Japan who had heard about everything wanted to say something about it. I'm sure the friends and family of those who didn't care if their friend was Japanese or not wanted to say something. But at the time, it was such it was such a dirty climate. It was something that you really couldn't speak about. You can say that about any kind of issue like this during the Holocaust. I'm sure a lot of Jewish people wanted to say something. I wouldn't even be surprised if a lot of Adolf Hitler's regime wanted to say something about it. But you you sometimes just can't do that to either save your own self or save the people who are involved or whatever the case may be. And it's, it's really, really tragic because you can't, you can't help your own people when they need it the most because it might not even amount to nothing. Yeah. And you are, and it also kind of drives home the fact with everything that we've been talking about in this podcast today, it somewhat drives home the fact that a utopian society really cannot exist you know everything that has gone on in this on this planet for the past centuries shows that it's going to take a long time for everyone to really be on the same page you know what i'm saying whether it's the end of racial profiling and police brutality whether it's the end that people can just believe in whatever religion they want to believe in you know whatever ethnic beliefs and all that is going to definitely take a long time. And it's definitely something that plagues not only America, excuse me, but the whole world. And it's really sad that now with our society somewhat being a little bit more, well, I don't want to say more accepting, but like our generation is a little bit more accepting to those things such as, you know, LGBT rights, you know, certain different religions and stuff like that. It's sad to see that the older crowd, the older generation, they're still not accepting these things. Yeah. And I really can't expect them to. A lot of those older generations are so stuck in their ways. It's a lot of them are just going to die on that hill. They're going to 
believe what they believe until the very end. And there's really not much that we can do about it. The only, the only way that I see a society like that actually prevailing in this world is for generation after generation to continue to teach acceptance and allowing people to be who they truly are mm. with no consequences, no repercussions, no persecution, just allowing them to be, to exist in this space as well as you are. And I think it's going to take, it's going to take a very, very, very long time. I think the possibility of human extinction is more likely than us as a race actually coming together and accepting everybody for who they truly are because the issues like this have gone on for uh, since the dawn of man since pretty much the right since the since the the conception of the idea of race since everyone had migrated to their own respective spaces you know Things like this are just a part of human nature. Everyone wants to look out for themselves and think about themselves before they think about others. And you might not think so, but it's it's an underlying thing that everybody does at some point, whether it's to shield themselves or not. But I think it's I think it's possible. I think nothing's impossible. I think if you really want to work towards something like that, you'll do everything in your power to do so. But I think it's very, very unlikely, at least in our lifetime. Yeah. And really, and I'll sort of say this, like, in conclusion to my part, because we got like nine minutes left. Conflict is the main thing that drives the world, sadly. You know what I'm saying? Peace never... Of course, it's great that, you know, some people are coming together and they're they're finally waking up to the injustices and the conflicts that have plagued our nation. But conflict is always going to drive the world, whether it's America, whether it's Paris, you know, China, it's going to always drive the world. And it's sad to see that. And I don't I don't know if we we will see one in our lifetime, maybe the next generation, maybe the generation after that. But I just hope people can finally wake up and finally realize that you can't you cannot go for further anymore without with with not accepting somebody it's life is too damn short to just be in your own ways and to and to just think for you think what's going to benefit you you have to think that these are people who are living the same life as all of us you know we're just trying to make it in the world yeah and hopefully we can change that yeah i would just like to say on an ending note for anyone who might be listening or watching please 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 um do your research and find those petitions donate as much as possible even if it's like a dollar every cent every cent counts to causes like this and it would be really helpful to those who really need you right now. Um, this is a very, very tragic thing that has happened in the world. And it's something that always weighs heavy on my heart because I feel like there's not much that I can do, but I always try to do as much as possible. And so I encourage everybody to do the same. Yeah, I definitely agree with Ayana. Y'all should definitely spread awareness, spread the word, because 
the more people that know about this, the more likely that hopefully the internment camps might stop. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts, my friends? No, nope, that's it. Nope. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for watching the 1025 podcast. I'm joined along with Ayana and Kristen. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.